One of the things I always say is we're put on this earth to help others to serve. And that's what we do. That's one of, that's our purpose is to provide solutions for others. And if you don't align with that, you're never going to fit in. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is Robert Mason, CEO and president of Spock Automation, headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama. Friends and uh, close relatives get to call him Bobby. So Bobby, thanks for being with us today. Well, it is an honor and a pleasure and i can't thank you enough for the opportunity. Oh, uh, well, it's it's my pleasure to have you. I sure appreciate it because you're in a super interesting industry and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. So tell us a little bit about what Spock Automation does. Well, Spock Automation, actually Spock's an acronym. It stands okay. for Sensorless Pump-Off Control. And we are in the automation space. We do a lot of work with uh, drives and inverters, um, and we, we automate processes in the oil and gas and the, in different energy spaces. So we're a, we're a high-tech redneck bunch of guys down in Birmingham, Alabama that, uh, that do automation, electrical automation mm-hmm. around process. That's super interesting. Uh, and you're, and you're private, a privately held company, correct? We are a privately held company. We've been in business uh, about 20 years now. And mm-hmm. uh, the original seven guys that I brought over actually worked for uh, a previous company that my father owned. So we're a 20-year-old company, and we've got some employees that have been working for me now for 35, 40-plus years. Wow. Are you the sole founder? I am a uh, I started the company, but I have a partner, which is uh, my father was a was a, a partner in it, and then I have a younger sister who has uh, has a share also. Got it. So it, this is really your second job out of college, <laughs> and uh, and you started uh, working for uh, an industrial industrial electric supply. Tell me a little bit about how you made that transition from the one, you know, to being a founder and, and what the impetus behind that was. Well, I grew up in a entrepreneurial household. Mm-hmm. So I had the, the, the blessing and privilege of having studied under somebody that I truly admired. Mm-hmm. And he sold that company about 22, 23 years ago to a national chain. Um, and we had a difference in philosophy on culture. Really, at the time, I was not mature enough to understand that it was that. Mm-hmm. It mostly just made me mad. Um, but they, I worked for them for two years and gave it an earnest try. And uh, then after about two years, I received a message from headquarters that I needed to fire a bunch of my automation engineering team and just move over and start selling uh, light bulbs and wire and conduit and things like that, that I had no clue about. And we'd been a high tech automation 
distributor and integrator of that that equipment uh, my whole life and, and career. And uh, to move from a high-margin, uh, exciting, world-changing thing to selling light bulbs was not my cup of tea. And so I, I actually, uh, when they came in and gave me all these names to let go, I had already come up with a solution for a uh, reciprocating beam pump, a, a rod pump. Every news channel you ever see an oil and gas story, you see this, this pump going up and down with a mm-hmm. horse head on it. Well, we came up with a uh, software solution um, that allowed us to do that in a way that saved huge amounts of energy and didn't pump it back on the line using our drives. And, and so those guys uh, that I had to let go, I literally offered them a, a, a severance package and a job offer because I'd gone into my father's office and said, I have no ownership in this. It's wrong. It's a stupid business decision to go sell 8% margin stuff versus 35% margin stuff. Um, and morally and ethically, it was wrong the way it was handled and done. So um, I handed pink slips and then I said, if you'll give me till uh, after the holidays, the lawyers are all on vacation, we'll, uh, we'll incorporate. And I think we can take this nationally and internationally. And we've been blessed ever since. Boy, that's really fantastic. What, what, about, what was it about the culture that you didn't like? Uh, they had no regard for people and people are what make companies run. Yeah, you're preaching um, to the choir with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I was always raised to, to hire people smarter than you and you'll look like a genius mm-hmm. and treat them like family and, and how you want to be treated in life. Mm-hmm. And they, they'll reciprocate 99% of the time. Right. As a matter of fact, they'll more than reciprocate in most cases they'll actually go the extra mile. And, and the company that had bought us uh, was, you know, getting rid of talent, changing the culture. It was one of those extremely siloed, top-down, mm-hmm. uh, stifling on innovation. And, and that is the catalyst that really kicked me uh, into gear, into saying there's a better way because we used to do it. And uh, so I left and uh, started this this journey, and it has been an absolute pleasure, mm-hmm. blessing, and and just a lot of fun. It's actually one of our core values here at the company is gratifying, and you know we we take our work very serious, but we have a lot of fun because we develop products that can literally change the world. Well, good. That leads that leads me to a, I think to a, a great segue. What impact have you had on this industry? You know, I, I think we personally, and I'm not going to try to sound braggadocious, but we've made a tremendous impact on this awesome. uh, this industry. Mm-hmm. Now, the oil and gas industry right now has a bullseye on it with a lot of negativity in the mm-hmm. in the media. But it's the salt of the earth. The, the people in the industry are phenomenal people, and they genuinely care, mm-hmm. and they genuinely want to do the right things. Uh, we, as a company, have shifted through our technology um, whole industries within it. There's a, there's a certain segment, and, I, and I'm, I'm actually kind of really uh, proud of this one, is 
is something called the electric submersible pump. It's an ESP market. Mm-hmm. We started in this business to apply our drives, our technology that, that saves all this energy and can give you control over your part process. Uh, I, I equate it sometimes to uh, a, a rheostat or a, a light switch mm-hmm. dimmer. When you change the voltage to that light, it changes the intensity. Mm-hmm. We can actually spin electric motors at different speeds without changing anything mechanically. It's all done electrically. Mm-hmm. And so we can save huge amounts of energy. In some cases, you know, we average probably 25% savings. Some cases as much as 40 and 50% per motor wow. that you've got applied. And since... of the entire world's electrical consumption is the electric motor. Mm -hmm. If we can, can, can afford you great savings in that we're, we're helping, we're helping the country. We're helping the world. That's right. And so we're super excited because we moved an industry from on off control and huge spikes of energy into the variable frequency drive world. And now today uh, a, a, a little over a decade later, 99% of the market globally uses drives on those applications. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Well, I imagine. Are there other companies doing this or were you the, you know, did you there, did there Genesis are, come with your company? <laughs> well, there are some other companies that are doing it. There's a lot more now than there were. Yeah. Um, I, we were not the first to do it. We were just the first to do it in the in a I'll say a winning manner. <laughs> what so what do you think what had that happen for you that you were the first to do it in a winning manner or in a way to make money? <laughs> a lot well not so much make money, it's more the success of the technology. Okay. When when the when drives and inverters were first introduced into the industrial market, mm-hmm. they were not very reliable. And they had a lot of issues. Uh, they were giant. They're, they make a lot of heat. They had a lot of software bugs. And the size has come down over time. The heat problems have been managed much better. Uh, surge and transient voltages that could blow them up because they were fragile electronics. The robustness, the scalability of the products, and the software, it, it's just vastly improved. And, and we've helped carve that out and and make a highly technical piece of electronics industrialized enough to put out in the roughest conditions on the planet mm-hmm. in an outdoor environment so that that's uh that's kind of the catalyst behind that mm-hmm. that movement mm-hmm. and and you've got about what 100 employees now yeah yes Okay. We're, we're spread out all over the U.S. and do all our manufacturing and, and uh, engineering here in the big city of Trustful, Alabama, which is a northeast suburb of Birmingham. Okay. And if you, if you look at those 100 employees that you have, what's the makeup of them from the standpoint of, you know, how many, you know, what percentage are engineers, uh, you know, versus leadership, those types of things. And what does your company look like from a gender, from a gender and, um, you know, I should say color standpoint. (laughs) 
ethnic standpoint? A lot of diversity. Good. Um, from a from a mix, I'll just say we're actually really balanced in age too. That's a demographic mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't think about, but we're about. 33% kind of across all of the different age spectrums. So we have a good senior leadership group. We have a great middle management group that we're mm-hmm. grooming for that next generation and passing the torch. And we got a lot of really young people that are excited to be here and have a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that actually builds into our culture too. We, we refer to our culture as lift up. Mm-hmm. So we try to create an, a, a lift up environment where we lift up the individual and we give them an opportunity to to thrive and grow and a path for them and their families to succeed. Mm-hmm. Lift up each other because everybody to your left and your right, they're important or they wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. And then we lift yeah, up. that's fantastic. I mean, not, I think more and more companies are, are moving in that direction. There's still a lot of work to be done. You know, having succession planning is really just super important. <laughs> it is. And and back to your original question, uh, we have a lot of different cultures. We have uh, we have men, women. We have we have uh, international uh, employees that that have that come from other countries and and uh, have absolutely contributed one you know we have engineering it makes up about 10 percent of the company mm-hmm. uh manufacturing is probably the largest percentage uh it's it's probably somewhere in the 60 60 uh, mm-hmm. range um sales and service is spread out across the the entire network and because i came from a distribution background, I understand the power of that model. And so yeah. we have a distribution network that is uh, in place as well as we work with a lot of major uh, OEMs and we do a lot of brand labeling. We build a lot of product that goes out without our name on it. Right. And right. we brand label for other multinationals, which gives mm-hmm. us uh, global coverage. Exactly. So what percentage of your business is you know, in the United States versus outside the U.S.? Uh, vast majority is here in the U.S., North America, really, okay. Canada and the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, but we do business globally. Uh, really, there's not a continent that we don't have product on. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. In, you anywhere talk- there's oil and gas, we, we've got right. product. Good. And you talked, you know, you talked a lot about diversity. Um, What's the percentage? This is, I know this is a lot, often a hard question for people. Uh, what's the percentage of women of those hundred people? I won't give you a hard number because yeah. I would be making it up, but yeah. I would say it's probably in the neighborhood of six, seven percent. It's so, probably under 10. Yeah, pretty low. Have you made efforts to attract more women or, you know, because of course the nature of the business you're in. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, and we have them, them, we have, we have, uh, women in a lot of different roles, some in manufacturing, uh, sales, di- different areas of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just quite frankly, yes, we, we do, uh, want to grow that particular segment of, of the company. I, I actually had the privilege of speaking to, uh, a group, just a few weeks ago, the uh, women in manufacturing 
in the Alabama chapter mm-hmm. and uh, um, was able to share some of our culture story and some of the things that we're talking about today with them and some ideas how to infuse a, a more positive lift up culture into their their companies and I certainly left an open invitation if anybody would like to learn more or work somewhere that sounds pretty dynamic and fun to fun to work at to reach out to me because we're always looking for great talent. So you, you um, being a privately held company the way you are for 20 years, my, my assumption is, although I don't know uh, that you're probably not going to IPO at this point. And, you know, you may not be looking to have an acquisition of your company. So often you call yourself, you know, high tech rednecks, right? So in the high tech space, Often people give out stock and, you know, equity in the company. Is there any kind of a plan for your for your employees to earn more above that or any kind of a plan like that? We do not have any stock equity yeah. uh, plans that we, we have out. What we do is we pay people extremely well. Good. And we offer incentives based on performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and as a result, uh, I'm... I am really big on building a a team. And so I would rather pay you a higher salary than have you compete and have uh, siloed or backstabbing going on (laughs) that I've seen in so many other companies. Mm -hmm. And so I literally have a team nationally that if one of my guys in, in Houston has a has an opportunity but it needs somebody in denver to go call on headquarters and help you know educate and move things along they'll do it at the drop of a hat because it's they're not into turf wars looking for well that's i'm not going to get credit for it so i'm not going to do it and i attribute that 100 percent to the culture that we've developed and that we hire and fire based on that's really interesting how do you how do you find your customers how do we find our customers? That is a great question. I did not see coming. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of different ways. We do a tremendous amount of uh, digital. Uh, we spend a, a lot of effort and, and time in our websites and our social media mm-hmm. and lead generation that way. But honestly, the majority of our customers come through word of mouth, they've had they've had someone else who's had a tremendous experience, and we've lived lived up to the expectations that that we set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, we have a lot of customers reach out to us, and we give a lot of intellectual information out on our website that most people would hold you hostage for. So we don't uh, we don't make you surrender your name and serial number and fingerprint and everything yeah. else to give you data. Yeah. We, want, we want to be known as experts and we want to share what we know. Mm-hmm. Now, trade secrets, that's a different thing. Patents, that's a different thing. But application-wise, mm-hmm. so as a as an industry expert and, and through all of our digital, uh, which we were early adopters on a lot of technology, uh, so we use a lot of technology. That's fantastic. How many competitors would you say you are and where do you fit in in the ranking on that? You know, that's a, that's a 
great question and one that nobody ever asked and I love to talk about. <laughs> wow. And, and the reason I love to talk about it is it's very siloed just in, if I'm just talking about Spock Automation, because we have a family of companies. Yeah. But if in that oil and gas space, there are a handful and a very small handful of competitors. And they may do, there may be 15 different verticals in that space. Mm-hmm. And I'm one or two that one customer might be uh, a competitor might do one or two here, or they might do this lift here. They might do rod pumps or they might do ESPs. Mm -hmm. We're the only company in North America that has specific products for all the artificial lift and compression products. So we're sitting in a really unique space. We're, we're the largest independent in North America. Uh, There's, that's just it. There's no other way of putting it. I can't put it any that's plainer than that. So it's a, we're, in a, we're in a great uh, position. We have huge market shares in the markets that we participate in. That's, that's awesome. What, what bugs you about your industry? And if anything. What bugs me about my industry. Honestly, I love my industry. So that's, that's a, you're hitting me with a couple of good ones today uh, that I wasn't wasn't prepared for. Uh, you know, I don't know that anything bugs me today. It did when I started. Mm-hmm. It was a, a huge propensity to not embrace change. Right. Um, out of fear of technology. Right. Yeah. And so we have, I think, actually bridged a lot of that gap and a lot of the dinosaurs that existed 20 years ago when we got into it. Mm-hmm. Um have retired out and, and really I'll say today, the majority, there's exceptions, but the majority embrace technology. They are looking for better ways to do it more efficient, reduce carbon emissions mm-hmm. and all the things that we offer. So we're, we're pretty excited about it. That's, that's fantastic. So who do you generally talk to, you know, when, when you said most of your, most of your business is through word of mouth. So whether it's that way or somebody's doing, you know, outbound prospecting, who are you targeting in the company? What level? From the C-suite all the way down to uh, field management. That's, that's, that's where it is because we're in the production side of yeah. the business. And so if we can help you, operationally or with your mm-hmm. ESG uh, mm-hmm. uh, initiatives, because really every product we sell has an ESG element to it where it actually helps you save, you know, energy or maximize uh, uh, the, the energy that you consume. Mm-hmm. It, it has the ability to um, increase production while reducing your carbon footprint as far as, uh, with generators and, and other areas where you're actually admiss, uh, admitting CO2 into the, into the atmosphere. So we can, we can help you with the overall power and load structures. Uh, you know, we, we just hit a lot of buttons in a lot of different areas mm-hmm. that upper management field supervision, people that have responsibility for reliable and, and cost of mm-hmm. getting product out of the ground and moving it around through the pipeline. Does what you do have any apl- application into the utility industry? It does. Uh, one of the 
great wins of last year during COVID was uh, we focused a lot of time and effort into a new company that we started, which is a spinoff. Uh, it's a hundred percent the exact same hardware we've been deploying, but mm-hmm. with some new grid software and, and a, a few nuances are different, but uh, we've got over 70,000 inverters deployed worldwide we take that technology, that experience, and we've wrapped it into something that we call spot grid inverter technologies. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the new company. And that particular company does microgrids. It does uh, uh, a lot of different things in marine, uh, DOD, critical power for data centers, mm-hmm. uh, shore power, industrial applications, anywhere that you have uh, electrical and you need either a hybrid system so that you use alternative energies Mm -hmm. so you could bring wind, solar, generation, battery, Mm -hmm. all into one device and it acts as if a a power router, so to speak, and will feed all of them and you can switch between the powers automatically so that if you're in a peak demand situation, you can use the most cost-effective energy source for that period of time during the day or critical power. You might want to have redundancy. And so we can build redundant power systems and include battery and we can be charging the battery and we can discharge and, and, and do all of these things at the speed of nanoseconds so it's we 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 don't necessarily chase the utilities what we do is we take it at the at the field the app industrial application and at the process application so we we handle electrical grids at that size that's pretty slick was this something you were working on pre-covid and if so boy was that smart and how did you know being in the oil and gas industry how did COVID affect your business? Two great questions. Um, I'll start with the latter. Uh, it affected us great, greatly. It, it was one of those uh, perfect storms yeah. between COVID and then there was an oil crisis that happened almost simultaneously. Um, you know, at one point, a barrel of oil was negative $35. People right. tend to forget that now yeah. as, as it has rebounded some yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so our industry was devastated, quite frankly, and um, it 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 reduced our revenues almost instantly by well over fifty percent. Mm. Now, I'm proud to say that as as again as a result of the culture and how we run the company through f- smart finances, we were able to retain all of our people and awesome and, uh, being in a critical. Uh, business, we, we were able to actually stay open. We had been forward thinking. Um, our company runs in the cloud. We're an early adopter mm-hmm. to Salesforce. Awesome. Uh, we've been on Salesforce now for over 17 years. Fantastic. Uh, and yeah. our ERP system sits in the cloud. So when we had to shut down, except for emergencies, uh, the company ran. Everybody grabbed their computers, monitors, worked from the house, and it was pretty bumpless outside of manufacturing and, and 
and shipping and receiving. Uh, but we're glad to be behind it, obviously. But it sparked really a lot of it, – it showed that the effort and the time that we've put into the culture and this innovative spirit that we really foster here kicked off amazing during that. It, it really turned out, even though revenue was down, to be one of the biggest blessings because it field-tested our, our culture Mm-hmm. And everybody stepped up. We we invented new. We we've applied for several new patents. We started this new company. We actually did start working on it a year before COVID. Mm. But it what it did is it afforded us the time to really do it right, mm. and 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 in a much faster time frame. So we brought that to to market. Um, and actually, when the when it first hit. I will say that our team did a phenomenal job. They started something that we call two minute drives, just short series of videos that are done throughout the company. Um, And these, these two minute drives are just short little videos that our team decided that they wanted to do. They made these and they're self-help type videos to, to teach you something about electrical, about drives, about our equipment, about drives in general and, and, and some of its own instrumentation because we knew a lot of people would not be able to, they were going to be laid off, obviously. And some of them will never return to this industry, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because um, they're going to have to find another way to feed their family. So what we, what, what they wanted to do, and, and I totally agreed uh, as part of our, our lift up the industry and our customers they made these videos to help not only our existing customers, but those that are leaving the industry or in other industries mm. to give some of our intellectual gifts and, and, and knowledge away that is transferable in other industries so that they could make that transition and, and provide for their own families. So I was real proud of that. Um, as well as we did a lot of other initiatives during that time that are just so innovative, uh, both internal processes and then outwardly facing towards customers. That's fantastic. Bobby, you've talked a lot about your company culture and you mentioned earlier about you, you know, hire and fire due to culture. Tell me a little bit more about how you interview for that and what you're looking for and, and that type of thing. Well, that's, that is a great question, and it's one that is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, we have – I'll start with this. I, we have five core values, and we use those core values every day. We have a program where we this – this is a coin that we have made up, and we have one made for – each of our core values, mm-hmm. which is solution-focused, caring, uh, passionate, mm-hmm. gratifying, and solution-focused. And so we have a definition. We didn't use Webster's definition. It was actually quite a journey to, to, to come up and solidify those core values. Um, but that's a different story, and you don't have enough podcast time on this show for me to go through, but it's a, it's a great story. But we have a, a program here where your peers literally nominate you um, 
for one of these coins if they catch you in the act of living out our core values. So in an interview process, uh, we use a lot of technology again. I'm, we're high-tech rednecks, and so we, we do a lot of uh, testing and, mm-hmm. and uh, to make sure that you, you f- you're a good fit for the company. But, but culturally, we also want to make sure you align with our core values and our purpose and our mission. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we literally just ask people, um, what's your definition of passionate? Mm-hmm. Without giving me I want to know Carol's definition of passionate. And, right. and then I share what our definition of passionate is. Mm-hmm. And we just see if there's alignment. There's no wrong answers. Yeah. I would much rather have you aligned with us than six months down the road, you're not happy mm-hmm. and we're not happy. Exactly. So, so we've wasted each other's time. And right. I've literally had interviews where we were so far disaligned that I've stopped the interview and I've yeah. just said you don't really want to work here. Yeah. And I will personally help you find somewhere where you can be successful and aligned. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you want to do in life and I'll, I'll, I'll help in any way I can. But, but we, we use that as a, as a measuring stick along with a lot of other processes. You know, that is so great to hear because I think too often, too many people don't just say, you know what, this is not a fit because people are so fearful of confrontation. And, you know, I remember this has got to be, gosh, 17 years ago, I did the same thing. I stopped an interview and the guy looked at me like a deer in headlights. He couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is not a fit, not even close. And here's why. Yeah. And he was shocked. And and You're doing them a favor. They just don't see it at the moment. Right. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's so fantastic. What would you say, if you look over, over the last 20 years that you've been in business, has been your, so what's your retention percentage, right? What percentage of your employees do you retain? And how often do you make a, you know, bad hire? <laughs> we are, our, our retention is extremely high. I would imagine. It's extremely high. And I'm actually proud to say those original seven that I brought. Still there? Five of the seven are still here. One had to retire a couple of years ago due to health, and he okay. he, he had terminal health issues, so okay. he had to quit. And the other one that left, left because he had an opportunity to get ownership in another company, right. and he actually became a customer, and they're a great customer of ours today, which is, I think, speaks volumes to, to mm-hmm. what we've been able to develop here. Yeah, um, I agree. So... Our retention is extremely high. It's it's almost to the point where uh, we we kind of kid about it. it. You'd have to some of the employees will tell you you'd have to run us off because mm-hmm. we love this place so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about the you know sort of percentage of mishires you've made? Uh, a few. Yeah, uh, we're does. getting better. Mm-hmm. It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, We've we instituted uh, something a few years back called PI Predictive Index. Yeah, um, it's a great tool, yeah. and it's just a tool. It's not the mm-hmm. only tool. I agree, uh, but it also helps us to make sure that we put the round pegs in the round holes and the mm-hmm. square pegs in the square holes, mm-hmm. and not try to force somebody into a position that they're not uh, going to be successful at. 
Right. And so we, we really want to try to set people up for success, yeah. both personally and professionally. Yeah. You know, people don't realize that I've, I've said for, you know, years and years and years, because of what I've been doing for 30 years, that um, all these things, you know, companies, companies are, I, I think their goal is often to sell us a panacea <laughs> and there really is none. And, and with the, if you want to call them psychometric profiles or any of these profiling companies in which there are literally thousands, oh, Predictive is, is one I happen to know and like, um, you know, a lot of these companies will say, oh yeah, this is going to solve all your problems. No, it's just a tool. As you said, it's, just, it's, it's a, a tool, tool to help us learn more. Yep. Right. That's to it. get to what would take us longer to get at by working together. It just helps. So, you know, it's the devil, you know, right, is better than the devil you don't know. Let's look at what the challenges might be with this person. And is, are these things that we're willing to deal with or are they deal breakers? We have a, a little booklet that we, mm -hmm. we actually have it on our website, too. It's a how-to guide to greatness. And it's all about our core values, our culture, mm -hmm. Our people embrace it so much. And a lot of our new hires are recommendations from our employees. Yeah. They do not, they know they have a special thing here mm. and they don't want to mess it up. So they will not recommend someone that would not culturally fit in. Yeah. We can teach you the technical part. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Plenty of, we have plenty of training and, and we can handle that. I can't change your personality and who you are right. and don't genuinely care about others. And, and, you know, one of the things I always say is we're put on this earth to help others to serve. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we do. That's one of, that's our purpose is to provide solutions for others. And, yeah. and if you don't align with that, you're never going to fit in. Yeah. That's fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm completely aligned with that, with that way of thinking. So where do you see yourself investing in resources for growth over this next year? Now that your business is coming back. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're adding, we're adding tremendous talent. Some of some great new hires. Good. Uh, last quarter, we just did our quarterly review. I think we added 11 people uh, just last quarter wow. of which uh, probably only four of them were in production. They were, the rest were all front office positions, sales management. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're, in, we're experiencing extreme growth. The, the grid side of the business is taking off that extremely fast. We're, mm -hmm. we're probably a year and a half ahead of what we scheduled. Um, so we're super excited about the, the progress we're making there, and we're looking at uh, we're looking at expansion. Uh, we're, um, I've been combing the earth for the right building or land to build and expand our facilities. So we're we're actually investing in all areas, from technology to people to uh, facilities. Great. So if somebody wanted to get into your industry or was just getting into it, what advice would you give them? Do your homework, 
on the company, and I, I would say this to you, regardless of what industry, I, we have a great industry, and I think it's a, a thriving industry that has an opportunity right now to be the catalyst for the future, especially using some of this new technology uh, that, that that we provide and help bridge that gap for oil and gas to use uh, electrification and hybrid energy sources. Mm-hmm. But do your homework on the company that you want to go to work for. Uh, learn about their culture before you ever jump in, because there's a lot more to life than a paycheck. Not right. Making money's easy. That's right. Loving what you do. It's hard. And enjoying life every day. It's worth a lot more than the mm-hmm. than the giant paycheck. Yeah. If you love what you do, the money will come. Right. Yeah. Put your passion and all into it. And and the other thing I would say to young people would be, be patient. (laughs) You are not going to start sitting in my chair. (laughs) And you have got to learn. And what can you do to add value to the company you're going to work for? Not only figure out what that is, let them know. If you come into my office and say, I think I can add value to the company if you allow me to do X, Y, and Z, you're going to move up the ladder. You're going to be a a superstar in whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, the reality is, is people need to make a living, right? Absolutely. So, so, you know, I had a, I had a client many years ago who, who said, I want to hire people who want to do great work. Yep. I, I really think it's as simple as that. It is. I would agree. It really with that. is. Um, Bobby, what does your day to day look like as a leader? What do you spend your time doing? You know, uh, do a lot. Of, I wear a lot of hats, but I'm, Today, I've worked really hard for the last decade to build this company so that it has a lasting impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, that if I get unfortunately hit by a bus tomorrow, all of these people not only have a job, they have a career mm-hmm. and it, it is sustainable and we're there. Mm-hmm. So I work a lot on vision. I work an awful lot on our culture and trying to maintain and scale the company. Um, so I, I spend my time more on that than I do the day to day. Cause I have such a wonderful team that I work with that takes care of that so that I can focus on the future. Terrific. And, uh, when you're not working, what do you spend your time doing? I am a passionate, uh, fisherman. Oh. I, I love to bird hunt. I've, I have a, a boat down on the goat on the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Actually, we're real involved in our in our church, and my wife and I and our I have three sons that uh, now all have jobs and 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 through with their schooling, and so I'm I'm at a stage where uh, w- one of my passions is taking kids and introducing them to saltwater fishing. Been been blessed between my boys and church and and community. Mm-hmm. To I've taken now probably uh, 225 kids that never would have had that opportunity to go deep sea fishing, um, and and get them out on the water and introduce them to what I think is a tremendous sport. And mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I do a lot of that. That's fantastic. 
Well, gosh, I, <laughs> that that's a great that's a great way to leave it. Robert Bobby Mason, CEO and president of Spock Automation. I, I can't tell you this has really been an interesting conversation, and you know about an industry I knew nothing about. So, and I'm sure our, my listeners knew nothing about. <laughs> so, thanks so much for being with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It was an honor and a privilege. And if there's anything I can do to ever help, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or through my website at spockautomation.com. Wonderful. A lot of that information about our culture is there under the lift up section. And we're put here to, to help others. And that's, that's kind of, that's my calling in, in life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to do it to the best of my ability. Great. It's been a true pleasure to be here. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.